This is a podcast from Minute Media. Golf is at once a dizzying sprint. What viewers see on their screens never feels rushed and harried. But that's only because tremendous skill and guile takes place behind the scenes, both in the production truck and in the television towers to synthesize, assess, and disseminate the most relevant information and important shots. CBS and ESPN have excelled in recent years at providing the most shots per minute and most insightful commentary. Their partnership to broadcast the Masters and PGA Championship has been fruitful and continues this week in Southern Hills. Both networks held media availability to preview the upcoming fun in Tulsa. During his opening remarks, Sean McManus, the chairman of CBS Sports, mentioned that he was thrilled with the job Seller Shy has done in his two years as lead producer of golf coverage. I asked him what, in particular, Shy does so well. He has an amazing knack to tell the story of a golf tournament, and so much of it is instantaneous decisions on what shots to show, where to go at a particular time, and to work with the announcers to not make it just shot, 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 but telling the story of how these shots affect other shots that have taken place or are taking place, McManus said. Working with announcers and giving them hints and suggestions during the broadcast is something you can't do too much of. And quite frankly, you can't do too little. You have to find the absolute right mix. McManus continued, saying communication among the CBS team has been fantastic, and the exchange of ideas has buoyed the entire product. Sellers has been welcoming and solicitous when it comes to asking people for their input, which I think is great, McManus said. When he's looking at that bank of monitors and working with our director, Steve Milton, and all our other announcers, he's calm and he's unflappable. Most people think golf is a slow sport and not difficult to cover. I've made the case many times that it's in many ways the most difficult sport to cover. You have 18 holes and anywhere from 5 to 15 golfers who can be in contention, many of whom are hitting their shots at the same time. When that happens, you have to decide what to go to live, what to go to on tape, and it takes a special mind to take all that technology and all that information and work with the director to put them in the proper order. McManus stated that he thinks CBS's coverage is as good as it's ever been, and it's tough to argue otherwise. ESPN is augmenting that early in tournaments with similarly excellent work. With so many choices to make and such a wide audience to serve, I asked their on-air team how they go about creating something that appeals to viewers watching their second major, as well as those sourdoughs who are tuning in for their 82nd. That's such an interesting question because you're not going to do golf for dummies, right? Scott Van Pelt said, we know plenty about the golf fan. Social media, I always feel like it's a good way to take the temperature of the room, but never presume that it speaks for your entire audience. But if you dumb it down to a degree, and that's not an elegant way of putting it, but if you're like, this is a par four, you need to make it in the hole in four shots, you're over par. You're not doing that because people will roll their eyes. But I do think that there's something about the young player, and there are so many of them now, that leaning into the idea that there may be a younger audience that's turning up to follow the younger players while treating the game with a certain amount of reverence and appreciation for the history of it. I feel like we really do that in the sport. Baseball does it a ton, and I feel like golf really does it as well. I feel like I'm always conscious of both 
because I really do feel like both are out there. Over the course of all these hours, you can have little Easter eggs for everybody. I'm conscious of both spectrums too, Curtis Strange added. Not too much inside baseball, but they want people want inside baseball. They want some good stuff about a player just to get to know them a little better. I think we all have our personalities, and hopefully those personalities show that we're having fun to the viewer. I think the storylines are the biggest part of that equation because if Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters by six or seven, it's not exciting. But it got exciting, didn't it? So the storylines, how close the tournament is, who's involved, they're all a huge part of the excitement. Andy North added this. I think we're really fortunate with the crew we work with. We have an unbelievable producer, Mike McQuaid, that really lets each one of us do what we think we can do. He gives us a lot of freedom. It's not overproduced. I think because of that, it gives each one of us opportunities to service both sides of the equation during the course of the event. And I think it's really important. Your mileage may vary, but to me, there is no sport being televised right now that offers a wider spectrum of intriguing stories. The secret of golf is that it always delivers. It has no off weeks. CBS and ESPN have honed their storytelling to near perfection, and there's no reason to think that will change this week, as yet another major provides the backdrop for history. It's past time someone gave this collaboration its due, and hopefully, more people will both experience and appreciate it. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. I am excited today. One of my favorite people on Twitter, and I don't say that lightly, Bunky Perkins. He tweets about such wholesome things as compliance issues, mowing the lawn on a nice summer day, what people look like, Marshall Henderson and Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as golf. It's a thrilled to be speaking with you and I'm bringing you in because I am passionate about covering the part of the country that is not on the coast. I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You are in Tulsa where the PGA championship is being held this weekend at Southern Hills. Bunky, what is the vibe? I think the city is super excited. So, I mean, we kind of backdoored our way into this tournament because it was supposed to be somewhere else. And then uh, obviously our, our former president, did what he did and so uh the pga made the decision to move, move the tournament and thankfully uh southern hills was ready uh because they had hosted the senior event last year uh and um recently obviously had a renovation here in the last few years uh and so the course is like awesome it's in great shape it's so much fun uh and i went out there yesterday just kind of see how it was set up uh, and it's pretty wild, man. I, I walked out on to eight yesterday, uh, which is a par three, pretty, pretty, uh, standard par three. I would guess the, the par threes out at Southern Hills aren't like super exciting, I guess they're not, you know, the, the, there's no ocean to back up to it. There's no like super intrigue, but they're hard in, in the, the greens and the bunkering make it super hard. Uh, so eight, I actually just kind of walked in and eight's right there at the entrance and Rory McIlroy just happened to be on the tee. So I was like, okay, I'll check this out. Uh, and the par three, uh, eight was set up at 254 yards. I mean, it, it is a big boy golf course, uh, with super hard greens and, uh, you really got to have a good short game. And so, uh, I'm super excited about uh, the prospects. Obviously, they just announced that the uh, 
the marquee group is going to be Tiger, Spieth, and Rory. So that's pretty cool. Um, and so tomorrow and Friday, everybody will be following them. So if there's another golfer you want to follow, you probably will be by yourself, which is great. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped, man. What does this course present that others don't? I know that the back nine is really challenging. Uh, there's some creeks running across and you mentioned the greens being really angled and you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And I think it's kind of in going with what's been happening with the majors in recent years. It seems like the PGA championship now is the more difficult course. The scores are worse than the U S open. When I was growing up, it was kind of flipped around. Do you think this is going to be something where you're happy to get pars because we're coming off the Byron Nelson where everybody posted 15 under you and I did I think that I finished 11th uh just sitting on my couch do you think this is going to feel like a make it or break it situation where anything better than par puts you in the driver's seat but a bogey is no big deal so I think I think the first day a lot of people are going to make hay because it's going to be 90 degrees the wind's not going to be terrible but then Friday Saturday Sunday gets crazy so the wind's going to really start blowing Saturday, it's supposed to be 65 degrees. So completely, completely different golf course uh, than what they would have played on Thursday. Uh, and so the, the things that uh, Southern Hills presents, I think, uh, is that uh, you have to, on your approach, you have to be a very good iron player, uh, first of all. And you have to be a good, uh, good around the greens. And the reason I say you have to be a good iron player is because the second shots are very demanding in that you have to put them in a specific place. Most of these greens are tiered, and most of them are shaved off the front of the back. Uh, and so if you're not putting in the correct tier, number one, you're going to have a very difficult putt, and you have a very you have a better than 10% chance of putting it completely off the green. Uh, and then, you know, and you're going to be rewarded when you put it on the right tier. Uh, and so those iron players that are good at that are good at dialing in their irons and putting them in the right places are going to have an advantage. Uh, there are bunkers all over the place. And so you've got to, got to be good out of the bunker. You've got to have a good short game because things are going to be tight around the greens. There's not going to be a lot of grass. Uh, and so um, I think those are the most difficult parts uh of southern hills and then of course if the wind i think the wind's going to blow it depends how it's blowing if it's blowing out of the north it's going to be a helpful wind uh but if it's blowing out of the south or any direction it, it could get a little dicey you know i've come to like golf later in my life i never really had any time for it growing up um you know i got a little bit older my life got busier and i found the refuge going out there playing it by myself, but I also think it's the perfect sport because it's on for four days. You can check in when you want. It's no big deal. If you miss a half hour, what is the viewing experience? Like one thing that I've been noticing though, is that it's kind of empty um, on Twitter and in real time, there's not really this ancillary arm that's supporting it with updates and a lot of commentary, but I bring it up to you because I know that you're someone I follow who tweets about it a lot. What do you like about the experience of following a tournament and how do you find the online community? Because for me, I feel like I'm still kind of searching to unlock exactly like where everybody's hanging out because it can feel a bit like I'm the only one monitoring Jordan Spieth uh, when he's making a run on a Saturday. Right. I, I guess like being on course, sometimes you get into areas where like 
Wi-Fi is kind of spotty or like service is kind of spotty. And so sometimes it might be hard to either tweet about it or to like follow it on Twitter. Uh, if you're out on course, like on course, like either, either you follow a group, you just pick a group or you pick a spot. And then if, if you've got a spot where like you have access to a TV or somewhere close or even a leaderboard uh, that you can kind of follow the other action, that's probably the best way to do it. Um, you know, when you're, when you're at home trying to follow it, obviously, you know, you're watching it on TV, you're following it on Twitter. It's a little bit easier. Uh, but it's kind of like I was, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about, I went to the uh, F1 race in Miami uh, the other weekend. And the thing about that, it was very much like a golf viewing experience being on site because you can only see so much of the, of the track, right? I can only see like two turns, but we had a TV where we could follow the rest of it. Uh, and so we never really, never really, uh, there was never really a point where I didn't know what was going on. As long as I was following it correctly, like there was never a point that I didn't know what was going on. So I think that's very similar to a golf experience when you're on site. Uh, and I, I think I will say I went up there yesterday, they have Wi-Fi throughout the course, so it's pretty good. Uh, and, uh, Southern Hills for the most part is, a, is an okay walking golf course, except for, uh, one, nine, 18, and 10, because everything out on that golf course flows into the uh, clubhouse, and the clubhouse is up on a really steep, steep hill. Uh, and so that's a tough, like, those are tough walks. Um, so my recommendation, if you are going on site, is to, like, enter. Uh, there's an entrance kind of around hole eight, uh, and you can kind of stay in that bowl a little bit and watch everything but those four holes. Uh, and get a pretty good feel for everything and it's not it, it's not it, they've got it set up really well it was it was pretty easy yesterday to kind of move around and go see go see different groups obviously the main attraction is tiger woods who's playing in his first tournament since the masters augusta is a notoriously hard walk and he held up pretty well the first two days you mentioned those areas of the course you know with some elevation headed in headed out um, at the end of the day, he's going to be going uphill. How do you see that impacting him, if at all, when it seems to be if he can hit the ball, he still has some game. It's just the measure of being able to withstand the physical elements for four straight days. You mentioned the first day was going to be hot, but maybe that cool weather uh, will be a benefit to him. How do you see this course and what it requires from someone who's walking as it pertains to Tiger? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've walked it, so I'm, you know, I, I'm a little bit younger than Tiger. Uh, I've played that course several times now, and and I've I've walked it. You know, there's not they do have carts, but not always. Uh, and so it it can get tough right there at the end. Uh, but making it through the course uh, in general, not not that tough. I, I mean, it's not it's not Augusta. Like it, there are some hills, uh, he'll be kind of, that knee will be tested, that leg will be tested uh, on some of the walks. But like, I, I, he's been out here a couple of times in the last few weeks and I, I don't think he's had a negative response to it. So I think he's going to be okay. Do you have anybody you are circling in the clubhouse with the lead on Sunday? I mean, I think it's Scotty Shuffler's to lose. Uh, he came out here last week and shot 63 with one ball. So, uh, I mean, that wasn't, uh, obviously not set up uh, tournament conditions, but pretty freaking close. Um, you know, I, I like guys who have good short games who can putt. Um, 
So Patrick Reed, I mean, you know, he, he might have a shot. I mean, outside guys, outside other than Shuffler. Uh, Spieth, obviously, JT. Um, uh, you know, I, I think selfishly, I'd like to see Max Homa or Sam Burns make a run because uh, I think both of those, this golf course really sets up well for both of those guys uh, and sets up to their strengths. Uh, Max, you know, Max is his, he's a great iron player, great driver of the golf ball. Uh, his whole success failure is predicated on his putting. Uh, and obviously two weeks ago, he had a pretty good putting week. He won the golf tournament. Uh, so if he has a good putting week, he could really be in the mix. Uh, but like if I had to put money down and I could put down money on anybody, I'm putting it on Shuffler. Yeah, it's tough to go against him. He was he got off to a slow start last week, but by the time Sunday rolled around, he was in the top 10. I think if it's a five-day tournament, maybe he's in the winner's circle. I wanted to ask you too, um, I've been following you for such a long time. And as I mentioned at the top, I really enjoyed, I think that you're one of the funniest people out there. How did this all start for you? What what were the steps from, I'm going to start a Twitter account to to be sitting here and Scott Van Pelt's hitting you up as he comes into town asking for <laughs> recommendations about the local Tulsa fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever intended for that to be the case of things. I think I was just really bored at the time, which is a, always a good reason to start anything. Uh, and um, it just kind of, I don't know, it's totally, it's become totally organic. Like there, there was never a, desire by me to like have people follow me or like build a following or anything like that and then here we are i mean i'm I, 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 you know at this point it just twitter has changed so much even in the time that i joined that it's kind of it is what it is i, I enjoy it it really informationally it, it, it provides a lot for me i like being stupid on on my twitter feed and not really taking much seriously i love college football and golf and and professional wrestling of all things and and i tweet about other stuff that has that probably no one cares about so um i think somebody asked me a while back like what is my end game or what is what is what do i get out of it like do i get paid or anything not really i mean i've gotten stuff in the past that people send me but nothing crazy but honestly i think the the one thing i've taken from it is like i've i have genuinely made friends that i've hung out with and spent time with on this stupid website and uh that that for me is is worth um the people i've met and, and like become friends with are are, are uh, uh more significant to me than than really anything else at this point yeah, I sort of agree. I mean, I think it's a mirror. It's uh, it's what you want to make of it. And if you want to have a positive experience, you can have a positive experience. Uh, it opens up to so many different voices. Uh, like I said, the amount of people that I've been able to get in contact with uh, and meet in real life, like it, it sounds silly, but it's actually been really beneficial. And I feel like leveled out and smoothed the playing field where it's kind of like, okay, well, people know what your voice is going to be on the subject. And especially for someone, you know, like at the big lead where it's kind of like, we're sort of still the underdogs, but with the right audience, it gets in front of the right people. And at certain times it can matter. And I think that it just skips a bunch of steps where you're just like, okay, well, this person's enjoying something that I'm doing. And I think that that's the healthiest place to be where you can know that you're making someone laugh like occasionally and they're making you laugh. Like that's a really healthy thing. Now, obviously like people take that and go the 
diametrically opposed in, in the other direction, but that doesn't seem uh, too fruitful. Uh, I did want to ask though, when you were in Tulsa, and I asked this as someone who lives in Grand Rapids, where it's kind of a market that is in the around 50. Um, and you see these events kind of come around every so often. What does it mean to you? And what does it mean to people locally to have like a major event come in and kind of get to show off like what you have to offer? It's awesome. Uh, I, I mean, it, you know, obviously, I think that kind of goes without saying, like, it's a huge boom in uh, uh, revenue for the city. It's a great marketing tool for the city. Uh, I, I think I, so I've lived here uh, a little over 10 years. Uh, and so I, I'm originally not from Oklahoma, but but Oklahoma has become my home and will probably stay my home, you know, for a while. And so um it, it's also just a cool city. Like it's, it's, it's very, if I had to live in Oklahoma, I'm living in Tulsa. It's, it's kind of, it's, I always make the joke that, that Tulsa is the new Austin. Uh, Cause it has a, uh, a uh, storied oil and in, oil industry. And then obviously has a really good music scene. Uh, and uh, just, it's a very laid back uh, city. And it's very cool that, uh, I mean, there's a top 50 golf course in the world in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's pretty cool. And uh, the fact that every decade or so they get a major championship to host it is really awesome. And it's great for the city. It's great for like junior golf in Tulsa and, and around the area. And, and so like nothing but positives as far as I'm concerned. The association with John Daly having such success there, I was thinking seems like a perfect match. There was just an anecdote that came across the wire that said Tiger was talking about 2007 and how he had to drink gallons and gallons of water to stay hydrated. And Daly responded that he had 16 Diet Cokes or something, which is his version of staying hydrated. Uh, man's probably going to live to be 100 and laugh at us all. But what is the connection there and now that we're going to be crowning a new champion will that person kind of be granted like keys to the city in the same way that daily i feel like has been yeah well i think daily's you know daily's from arkansas which is one state over and uh fayetteville arkansas is uh where university of arkansas is and it is uh about an hour and a half away so um you know it, he, I'm sure, comes out here and plays a lot. And in fact, I was here in 07. I didn't live here, but I came to the tournament. And those that Saturday and Sunday were the two hottest days I've ever spent on the planet Earth. Like it was, it was unreal how hot it was. And he's 100% right. Uh, Daly was out there. He was in the mix till I think midday Saturday. Uh, and my man was out there just slamming Diet Cokes, smoking heaters. And it's like 115. And he's uh, he and this was like when he was at his biggest. Like he was he was a big boy, and I, the fact that he didn't stroke out that week is is beyond me. And the great thing about it, I'm sure the story's been told several times, but it was so hot. Like he wanted to practice in shorts, and at the time that was frowned upon uh, on tour. So my man said, "Screw that." He was staying at the Hard Rock Casino, which is northeast Tulsa. Uh, that has a golf course. So my man just practiced all his all his practice rounds at the Hard Rock uh, in between blackjack sessions uh, to get ready for the tournament. So uh, shocking, he did not survive through the weekend. But uh, I mean, if you're gonna gonna go down swinging, that's a that's, that's a pretty daily esque way to do it. 
game has changed, um, you know, with uh, Bryson bulking up, everybody having their swing coach, everybody studying the science. Not so long ago, it was John Daly going out there, staying at the casino, treating his body like an amusement park, and then going out there and just raking on the course. And really, I think when the tale is told about him, his accomplishments, despite his inability to uh, really take care of himself, make a make it that much more impressive. All right, that's Bunky Perkins. Like I mentioned, one of the best fellows on Twitter. Have fun this weekend. Uh, stay hydrated, and uh, I'd love to get out there uh, and play around sometime. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. Uh, if you're out here this week, uh, I'll be walking around. So uh, I won't have a Bunky sign on, but uh, come see us. 